Welcome to Volume 2 of The Scarecrow of Oz. Chapter 3. The Orc. The eyes that regarded them as the creature stood dripping before them were bright and mild in expression, and the queer addition of their party made no attempt to attack them and seemed quite as surprised by the meeting as they were. I wonder, whispered Trot, what it is. Who, me? exclaimed the creature in a shrill voice. Why, I'm the orc. Oh, said the girl. But what's an orc? I am, he repeated a little proudly, as he shook the water from his funny wings. And if ever an orc was glad to be out of the water and on dry land again, you could be mighty sure that I'm that a special individual orc. Have you been in the water long? inquired Captain Bill thinking it was only polite to show an interest in the strange creature. Why, this last ducking was about ten minutes, I believe. And that's about nine minutes and sixty seconds too long for comfort, was the reply. But last night I was in an awful pickle, I assure you. The whirlpool caught me and... Oh, you were in the whirlpool too? asked Trot eagerly. He gave her a glance that was somewhat reproachful. I believe I was mentioning that fact, little lady. When your desire to talk interrupted me, said the orc, I'm not usually careless in my actions, but whoa, that whirlpool was so busy yesterday, I thought I'd see what mischief it was up to. So I flew a little too near it, and the suction of the air drew me down into the depths of the ocean. Water and I are like natural enemies, and it would have conquered me this time had I not a bevy of pretty mermaids come to my assistance and dragged me away from the whirling water and up into a cavern where they then deserted me. Why, that's about the same thing that happened to us, cried Trot. Was your cavern like this one? I haven't examined this one yet, answered the orc. But if they happen to be alike, I shudder at our fate, for the other one was like a prison, with no outlet except by means of water. I stayed there all night, however, and this morning I plunged into the pool as far down as I could go, and then swam as hard and fast as I could. The rocks scrape my back now and then, and I barely escaped the clutches of an ugly sea monster, but by and by I came to the surface to catch my breath and found myself here. That's the whole story. And as I see you have something to eat, I entreat you to give me a share of it. Truth is, I'm half starved. With these words, the orc squatted down beside them. Very reluctantly, Captain Bill drew another biscuit from his pocket and held it out. The orc promptly seized it in one of its front claws and began to nibble the biscuit in much the same manner a parrot might have. "'We haven't much grub,' said the sailor man. "'But we're willing to share it with a comrade in distress.' "'Awesome,' returned the orc, cocking its head sideways in a cheerful manner. And then for some minutes there was silence while they all ate the biscuits. After a while Trot said, I've never seen or heard of an orc before. Are there many of you? We're rather few and exclusive, I believe, was the reply. In the country where I was born, we're the absolute rulers of all living things, from ants to elephants. And what country be that? asked Captain Bill. Orkland. Where does it lie? I don't know exactly. You see, I have a restless nature for some reason. While all the rest of my race are quiet and contented orcs, and seldom stray far from home. From childhood days I loved to fly long distances away, although father warned me that 
I would get into trouble by doing that. It's a big world, Flipper, my son, he said, and I've heard that in parts of it queer, two-legged creatures called men live, who war upon all other living things and would have little respect for even an orc. This naturally, like, aroused my curiosity, and after I had completed my education and left school, I decided to fly out into the world and try to get a glimpse of the creatures called men. So I left home without saying goodbye, an act I shall always regret. Adventures were many, I found. I sighted men several times, but have never before been so close to them as now. Also, I had to fight my way through the air, for I met gigantic birds with fluffy feathers all over them, which attacked me fiercely. Besides, it kept me busy escaping from floating airships. In my rambling, I had lost all track of distance or direction, so that when I wanted to go home, I had no idea where my country was located. I've now been trying to find it for several months, and it was during one of my flights over the ocean I met the whirlpool and became its victim. Trot and Captain Bill listened to this recital with much interest, and from the friendly tone and harmless appearance of the orc, they judged he was not likely to prove so disagreeable a companion as at first they had feared he might be. The orc sat upon its haunches, much as a cat does, but used the finger-like claws of its front legs almost as cleverly as if they were hands. Perhaps the most curious thing about the creature was its tail, or what ought to have been its tail, this queer arrangement of skin, bones, and muscle was shaped like the propellers used on boats and airships, having fan-like surfaces and being pivoted to its body. Captain Bill knew something of mechanics, and observing the propeller-like tail of the orc, he said, I suppose you're a pretty swift flyer, then. Oh, yes, indeed. The orcs are admitted to be the kings of the air. Your wings don't seem to amount to much, remarked Trot. Well, they're not very big, admitted the orc, waving the four hollow skins gently to and fro, but they serve to support my body in the air while I speed along by means of my tail. Still, taken all together, I'm pretty handsomely formed, don't you think? Trot did not like to reply, but Cap'n Bill nodded gravely. For an orc, he said, you're a wonder. I've never seen one before, but I can imagine you're as good as any. That seemed to please the creature, and it began walking around the cavern, making its way easily up the slope. While it was gone, Trot and Captain Bill each took another sip from the water flask to wash down their breakfast. Whoa! Here's a hole! An exit! An outlet! exclaimed the orc from above. We know, said Trot. We found it last night. Well, then, let's be off, continued the orc after sticking his head into the black hole and sniffing once or twice. The air seems fresh and sweet. It can't lead us to any place worse than this. The girl and the sailor got up and climbed to the side of the orc. We'd about decided to explore this hole before you came, explained Captain Bill. But it's a dangerous place to navigate in the dark, so wait till I light a candle. What's a candle? inquired the orc. You'll see in a minute, said Trot. The old sailor drew one of the candles from his right side pocket and the tin matchbox from his left side pocket. When he lit the match, the orc gave a startled jump and eyed the flame suspiciously. But Captain Bill proceeded to light the candle, and the action interested the orc very much. Light? 
it said somewhat nervously, is valuable in a hole of this sort. The candle's not dangerous, I hope. Sometimes it burns your fingers, answered Trot. But that's about the worst it can do, except to blow out when you don't want it to. Captain Bill shielded the flame with his hand and crept into the hole. It wasn't any too big for a grown man, but after he had crawled a few feet it grew larger. Trot came close behind him, and then the orc followed. "'Seems like a regular tunnel,' muttered the sailor man, who was creeping along awkwardly because of his wooden leg. The rocks, too, hurt his knees. For nearly half an hour the three moved slowly along the tunnel, which made many twists and turns, and sometimes slanted downward and sometimes upward. Finally, Captain Bill stopped short with an exclamation of disappointment and held the flickering candle far ahead to light the scene. "'What's wrong?' demanded Trot, who could not see because the sailor's form completely blocked the hole. "'Why, we've come to the end of our travels, I guess,' he replied. "'Is the hole blocked?' inquired the orc. "'No, it's not,' replied Captain Bill sadly. "'I'm on the edge of a precipice.' Wait a minute and I'll move along and let you see for yourselves. Be careful, Trot, not to fall. Then he crept forward a little and moved to one side, holding the candle so that the girl could see to follow him. The orc came next and now all three knelt on a narrow ledge of rock which dropped straight away and left a huge black space which the tiny flame of the candle could not begin to illuminate. Huh, said the orc, peering over the edge. Doesn't look very promising, I'll admit, but let me take your candle and I'll fly down there and see what's below us. Aren't you afraid? asked Trot. Certainly I'm afraid, responded the orc, but if we like intend to escape, we can't stay on this shelf forever. So, as I notice you poor creatures can't fly, it's my duty to explore the place for you. Captain Bill handed the orc the candle, which had now burned to about half its length. The orc took it in one claw rather cautiously, then tipped its body forward and slipped over the edge. They heard a queer buzzing sound as the tail revolved and a brisk flapping of the peculiar wings, but they were more interested just then in following with their eyes the tiny speck of light which marked the location of the candle. This light first made a great circle and then dropped slowly downward and suddenly was extinguished, leaving everything before them black as ink. What was the candle? cried the orc. It blew out, I guess, shouted Captain Bill. Fetch it here. I can't see where you are, said the orc. So Captain Bill got out another candle and lit it, and its flame enabled the orc to fly back to them. It alighted on the edge and held out its bit of candle. What made it stop burning? asked the creature. The wind said Trot. You must be more careful this time. What's the place like? inquired Captain Bill. I don't know yet, but there must be a bottom to it, so I'll try to find out. With this, the orc started out again, this time sank downward more slowly. Down, down, down it went, till the candle was a mere spark, and then it headed away to the left, and Trot and Captain Bill lost all sight of it. A few minutes later, however, they saw the spark of light again, and as the sailor still held the second lit candle, the orc made straight toward them. It was only a few yards distant when suddenly it dropped the candle with a cry of pain, 
and the next moment alighted, fluttering wildly upon the rocky ledge. What's the matter? asked Trot. It bit me, wailed the orc. I don't like your candles. The thing began to disappear slowly as soon as I took it in my claw, and it grew smaller and smaller until just now it turned and bit me. A really unfriendly thing to do. Ouch, what a bite! That's the nature of candles, I'm sorry to say, explained Captain Bill with a grin. You have to handle them mighty careful. But tell us, what did you find down there? I found a way to continue our journey, said the orc, nursing tenderly the claw which had been burned. Just below us is a great lake of black water, which looked so cold and wicked it made me shudder. But away at the left there's a big tunnel, which we can easily walk through. I don't know where it leads to, of course, but we must follow it and find out. But we can't get to it, protested the little girl. We can't fly as you do, remember? No, that's true, replied the York musingly. Your bodies are built very poorly. All you could do is crawl upon the earth's surface. But you may ride upon my back, and that way I can promise you a safe journey to the tunnel. Are you strong enough to carry us both? asked Captain Bill doubtfully. Yes, indeed. I'm strong enough to carry a dozen of you, if you could find a place to sit, was the reply. But there's only room between my wings for one at a time, so I'll have to make two trips. All right, then. I'll go first decided Captain Bill. He lit another candle for Trot to hold on to while they were gone, and to light the orc on his return to her. And then the sailor got up upon the orc's back, where he sat with his wooden legs sticking straight out sidewise. If you start to fall, clasp your arms around my neck, advised the creature. If I start to fall, it's a good night and pleasant dreams, said Captain Bill. Are you ready? asked the orc. Start the buzz tail, said Captain Bill with a tremble in his voice. But the orc flew away so gently that the old man never even tottered in his seat. Trot watched the light of Captain Bill's candle till it disappeared in the far distance. She didn't like to be left alone on this dangerous ledge with a lake of black water hundreds of feet below her. But she was a brave little girl and waited patiently for the return of the orc. It came even sooner than she had expected, and the creature said to her, your friend is safe in the tunnel, so get aboard and I'll carry you to him in a jiffy. I'm not sure how many little girls would have cared to take that awful ride through the huge black cavern on the back of a skinny orc. Trot didn't care for it herself, but it just had to be done, and so she did it as courageously as possible. Her heart beat fast, and she was so nervous she could scarcely hold the candle in her fingers as the orc sped swiftly through the darkness. It seemed like a very long ride to her, yet in reality the orc covered the distance in a wonderfully brief period of time, and soon Trot stood safely beside Captain Bill on the level floor of a big arched tunnel. The sailor man was very glad to greet his little comrade again, and both were grateful to the orc for his assistance. I don't know where this tunnel leads to, remarked Captain Bill but it surely looks more promising than that other hole we crept through. When the orc is rested, said Trot, we'll travel on and see what happens. Rested? cried the orc as scornfully as his voice could allow. That bit of flying didn't tire me at all. I'm used to flying for days at a time without ever stopping. 
Then let's move on, proposed Captain Bill. He still held in his hand one lit candle, so Trot blew out the other flame and placed her candle into the sailor's big pocket. She knew it was not wise to burn two candles at once. The tunnel was straight and smooth and very easy to walk through, so they made very good progress. Trot thought that the tunnel began about two miles from the cavern where they had been cast by the whirlpool, but now it was impossible to guess the miles traveled, for they walked steadily for hours and hours without any change in their surroundings. Finally, Cap'n Bill stopped to rest. There's something queer about this here tunnel, I'm certain, he declared, wagging his head dolefully. Here's three candles gone already, and only three more left us. Yet the tunnel's the same as it was when we started. And how long it's going to keep up, no one knows. Couldn't we walk without a light? asked Trot. The way seems safe enough. It does right now, was the reply. But we can't tell when we're likely to come to another gulf or something just as dangerous. In that case, we'd be killed before we knew it. Suppose I go ahead. I don't fear a fall, you know. And if anything happens... I'll call out and warn you. That's a good idea, declared Trot, and Captain Bill thought so too. So the orc started off ahead. Quite in the dark, and hand in hand, the two followed him. When they had walked in this way for a good long time, the orc halted and demanded food. Captain Bill had not mentioned food because there was so little left. Only three biscuits and a lump of cheese about as big as his two fingers but he gave the orc half a biscuit, sighing as he did so. The creature didn't care for the cheese, so the sailor divided it between himself and Trot. They lit a candle and sat down in the tunnel while they ate. My feet hurt, grumbled the orc. I'm not used to walking, and this rocky passage is so uneven and lumpy it hurts me to walk upon it. Can't you fly along it? asked Trot. No, the roof is too low, said the orc. After the meal, they resumed their journey, which Trot began to fear would never end. When Captain Bill noticed how tired the little girl was, he paused and lit a match and looked at his big silver watch. "'Why, it's night!' he exclaimed. "'We've tramped all day, and still we're in this awful passage, which maybe goes straight through the middle of the world, and maybe is a circle, in which case we can keep walking till doomsday.' not knowing what's before us so well as we know what's behind us. I propose we make a stop now and try to sleep till morning. That suits me, asserted the orc with a groan. My feet are hurting me dreadfully. For the last few miles I've been limping in pain. My foot hurts too, said the sailor, looking for a smooth place on the rocky floor to sit down. Your foot, cried the orc. Why, you've only one to hurt you. I have four. So I suffer four times as much as you possibly can. Here, hold the candle while I look at the bottoms of my claws. Whoa, he said, examining them by the flickering light. There's, there are bunches of pain all over them. Perhaps, said Trot, who was very glad to sit down beside her companions. You've got corns. Corns? Nonsense. Orcs don't get corns protested the creature, rubbing its sore feet tenderly. Then maybe they're... they're... what do you call them, Captain Bill? Some about Pilgrim's Progress, you know? Bunions, said Captain Bill. Oh yes, maybe you've got bunions. 
It's impossible, moaned the orc. But whatever they are, another day of walking on them is going to drive me crazy. I'm sure you'll feel better by morning, said Captain Bill encouragingly. Go to sleep and try to forget your sore feet. The orc cast a reproachful look at the sailor man, who didn't see it. Then the creature asked plaintively, Do we eat now, or, like, are we going to starve? There's only half a biscuit left for ya, answered Captain Bill. No one knows how long we'll have to stay in this dark tunnel, where there is nothing whatever to eat, so I advise you to save that morsel of food till later. Give it to me now, demanded the orc. If I'm going to starve, I'm going to do it all at once, not by degrees. Captain Bill produced the biscuit, and the creature ate it in a thrice. Trot was rather hungry, and whispered to Captain Bill that she'd take part of her share. But the old man secretly broke his own half-biscuit in two, saving Trot's share for a time of greater need. He was beginning to be worried over the little girl's plight, and long after she was asleep and the orc was snoring in a rather disagreeable manner, Captain Bill sat with his back to a rock and smoked his pipe, and tried to think of some way to escape from this seemingly endless tunnel. But after a time he also slept, for hobbling on a wooden leg all day was tiresome. And there in the dark slumbered the three adventurers for many hours, until the orc roused itself and kicked the old sailor with one foot. It must be another day, he said. Chapter 4 Daylight at Last Captain Bill rubbed his eyes, lit a match, and consulted his watch. Nine o'clock. Yes, I guess it's another day, sure enough. Shall we go on? he asked. Of course, replied the orc. Like, unless this tunnel is different from everything else in the world, it has to have an end. We'll find a way out of it sooner or later. The sailor gently wakened Trot. She felt much rested by her long sleep and sprang to her feet eagerly. Let's start, Captain, was all she said. They resumed the journey and had only taken a few steps when the orc cried, Oh! and made a great fluttering of its wings and whirling of its tail. The others, who had followed a short distance behind, stopped abruptly. What's the matter? asked Captain Bill. Give us a light, was the reply. I think we've come to the end of the tunnel. Then, while Captain Bill lit a candle, the creature added, if that's true, we didn't have wakened so soon. We were almost at the end of this place when we went to sleep. The sailor man and Trot came forward with a light. A wall of rock faced the tunnel, but now they saw that the opening made a sharp turn to the left. So they followed on by a narrower passage, and then made another sharp turn, this time to the right. Blow out the light, Captain, said the orc in a pleased voice. We've struck daylight. Daylight at last. A shaft of mellow light fell almost at their feet as Trot and the sailor turned the corner of the passage. But it came from above, and raising their eyes, they found they were at the bottom of a deep, rocky well, with the top far, far above their heads. And here the passage ended. For a while, they just gazed in silence, at least two of them being filled with dismay at the sight. But the orc merely whistled softly and said cheerfully, That was the toughest journey I ever had the misfortune to undertake. I'm glad it's over. Yet, unless I can manage to fly to the top of this pit, we're going to be entombed here forever. 
Do you think there's room enough for you to fly in? asked the little girl anxiously. And Captain Bill added, It's a straight-up shaft, so I don't see how you'll ever manage it. Well, if I was an ordinary bird, one of those hard feathered things, I wouldn't even make the attempt to fly out, said the orc. But my mechanical propeller tail can accomplish wonders. Whenever you're ready, I'll show you a trick that's worthwhile. Oh? exclaimed Trot. Do you intend to take us up too? Why not? I thought, said Captain Bill, as you'd go first, and then send somebody to help us by letting down a rope. Ropes are dangerous, replied the orc. I might not be able to find one to reach all this distance either. Besides, it stands to reason if I could get out myself, I can also carry the two of you with me. Well, I'm not afraid, said Trot, who longed to be on the Earth's surface again. Suppose we fall, suggested Captain Bill doubtfully. Well, in that case, we would all fall together, returned the orc. Get aboard, little girl, sit across my shoulders and put your arms around my neck. Trout obeyed, and when she was seated on the orc, Captain Bill inquired, What about me, Mr. Orc? Well, I think you'd best grab hold of my rear legs. Let me carry you out in that manner, was the reply. Captain Bill looked way up to the top of the well, and then he looked at the orc's slender, skinny legs and heaved a deep sigh. It's going to be some dangle, I guess, but if you don't waste too much time on the way up, I may be able to hang on, he said. All right, then, cried the orc, and at once his whirling tail began to revolve. Trot felt herself rising into the air. When the creature's legs left the ground, Captain Bill grasped two of them firmly and held on for dear life. The orc's body was tipped straight upward, and Trot had to embrace the neck very tightly to keep from sliding off. Even in this position, the orc had trouble in escaping the rough sides of the well. Several times it exclaimed, Ow! as it bumped its back or a wing hit against some jagged projection. But the tail kept on whirling with remarkable swiftness, and daylight grew brighter and brighter. It was indeed a long journey from the bottom to the top, yet almost before Trot realized they had come so far, they popped out of the hole into the clear air and sunshine, and a moment later the orca lit gently upon the ground. The release was so sudden that even with the creature's care for its passengers, Captain Bill struck the Oof. earth with a shock that sent him rolling heel over head. By the time Trot had slid down from her seat, the old sailor man was sitting up and looking around him with much satisfaction. It's sort of pretty here, he said. Earth is a beautiful place, cried Trot. I wonder where on earth we are, though, pondered the orc, turning first one bright eye and then the other to this side and that. Trees there were in plenty, and shrubs and flowers and green turf, but there were no houses, no paths. In fact, there was no sign of civilization, whatever. Just before I settled on the ground, I thought I caught a view of the ocean, said the orc. Let's see if I was right. Then he flew to a little hill nearby, and Trot and Cap'n Bill followed him more slowly. When they stood on the top of the hill, they could see the blue waves of the ocean in front of them, to the right of them and at the left of them. Behind the hill was a forest that shut out the view. I hope this ain't an island, Trot said Captain Bill gravely. If it is, I suppose we're prisoners, she replied. Exactly so, Trot. But even so, it's better than those terrible underground tunnels and caverns, 
declared the girl. Oh, you're right, little one, agreed the orc. Anything above ground is better than the best that lies under the ground. So let's not quarrel with our fate, but be thankful we've escaped. We are indeed, she replied. But I wonder if we can find something to eat in this place. Let's explore and find out, proposed Captain Bill. Those trees over there look like cherry trees. On the way to them, the explorers had to walk through a tangle of vines, and Captain Bill, who went first, stumbled and pitched forward onto his face. Why, it's a melon, cried Trot delightedly, as she saw what had caused the sailor to fall. Captain Bill rose to his foot, for he was not at all hurt, and examined the melon. Then he took his big jackknife from his pocket and cut the melon open. It was quite ripe and looked delicious, but the old man tasted it before he permitted Trot to do so. Deciding it was good, he gave her a big slice and then offered the orc some. The creature looked at the fruit somewhat disdainfully at first, but once he had tasted its flavor, he ate of it as heartily as did the others. Among the vines, they discovered many other melons, and Trot said gratefully, Well, there's no danger of our starving, even if this is an island. Melons, remarked Captain Bill, are both food and water. We couldn't have struck anything better. Farther on, they came to the cherry trees, where they obtained some fruit, and at the edge of the little forest were wild plums. The forest itself consisted entirely of nut trees, walnuts, filberts, almonds, chestnuts, so there would be plenty of wholesome food for them while they remained there. Captain Bill and Trot decided to walk through the forest to discover what was on the other side of it, but the orc's feet were still so sore and lumpy from walking on the rocks that the creature said he preferred to fly over the treetops and meet them on the other side. The forest was not so large, so they walked briskly for fifteen minutes until they reached its farthest edge and saw before them the shore of the ocean. "'It's an island, all right,' said Trot with a sigh. "'Yes, and a pretty island, too.' said Captain Bill, trying to conceal his disappointment on Trot's account. I guess, partner, if the wuss comes to the wuss, I could build a raft, or even a boat from those trees, so we could sail away in it. The little girl brightened at this suggestion. I don't see the orc anywhere, she remarked, looking around. Then her eyes alighted upon something, and she exclaimed, Oh, Captain Bill, isn't that a house over there to the left? Captain Bill looked closely and saw a shed-like structure built at one edge of the forest. Seems to me, Trot, not that I'd call it much of a house, but it's a building all right. Let's go over and see if it's occupied. <laughs>